You're listening to The Lively Show, episode 383. You're listening to The Lively Show. This podcast is designed to uplift, inspire, and add a little extra presence to your everyday. Hello, my friends, and welcome to today's show. I am so excited for so much that's coming up. Tomorrow is our launch of BellaLively.com, our community space, our new social media presence, and pretty much every single thing in the entire company show, you name it, is all changing over to BellaLively.com. The Lively Show name, however, will be still staying as The Lively Show, but we're going into season 10 starting this Thursday. So stay tuned for that. We'll have a new episode show cover kind of situation coming up for you. We have a new theme song next time you listen to the show and a whole tour of what we have created for you over the last five months. I'm so excited to share it all with you on Thursday. But until then, this is our last and final episode of season nine of The Lively Show. 383 episodes. We started this show on February 2014, and now we are at season 10 or just about to approach it. So thank you, whether you've just started to listen, whether you've listened from the earlier years or even episode one, thank you, thank you, thank you. It has been one heck of a ride. Anyone who has listened to the show for any length of time can agree because it loves to go in new and unexpected directions as I go literally with my inner flow. Okay, so now we're getting into another Beauty of Life episode today with Jennifer. Today we're going into a reframe from when her mind felt that she was being kind of trapped a little bit in victimhood and prison identity on certain aspects of her life, which she'll share more about soon. And then as her inner voice shows her, she's really on a glittery playground. I know that sounds very, you know cutesy and simplistic to say the least, but if you get into the inner voice, oftentimes the simplest things are actually the wisest. So this shift and turnaround, I think of from prisoner to playground is something that many people will ultimately relate to no matter what you have going on in your life, whether the subjects actually support or are similar to what Jennifer's going to in her own reality. Even if you don't have those same stories playing out in your own timeline in reality, there may also be some areas of life you might feel like a bit of a victim or you know playground prisoner kind of situation because these are very very universal things that just show up in different storylines for different people in different ways let's go to the show hello my friend how are you doing today i'm doing good yeah how has the last few weeks been for you oh it's you know i guess it's it feels eventful yeah what happened well, it's just been busy, I guess. I've had, you know, my work is, you know, continuing to go. I never know when that's going to stop. And so that's been um, interesting. And then my son, um, he seems to be doing better um, as far as the scared stuff goes. So that's been good. Really? How so? What have you noticed? Um, he just kind of stopped. <laughs> I don't know. It's... What? He just stopped being scared? Yeah, like he didn't seem, it didn't seem to bother him as much or, you know, and then it just kind of, I guess it tapered off. And then yesterday he told me that, you know, he thought maybe he wasn't scared anymore. You know, Out of the blue, he just said that. 
Yeah, no, he just, I think he had had to go to the bathroom or something. And I guess, you know, he went without, you know, without saying anything. And then he came back and I guess he realized that he wasn't scared when he did that. But so mostly, I mean, he's still, you know, in the middle of the night, sometimes he's still waking up. But I think it's like other things. And then he remembers he can say he's scared. (laughs) I don't know that he's actually scared. Um, might be more of a habit now than truly scared, but, uh, but yeah, so that was encouraging. That's amazing. That's a big change. Like two weeks ago, that was full front and center for you. Yeah, no. And it's funny cause you know, even as I was anxious about it and thinking about it so much, you know, I know from experience that, you know, these things pass, but at the time, you know, even if I tell myself that it, I still, <laughs> I still let it really dominate my thoughts. Um, okay. And how about your shoulder pain and your wrist pain that popped up when you started the job? Um, I'm still, I mean, I'm still struggling a little bit. The wrists have been a bit better. Um, you know, my other wrist started hurting randomly a couple of weeks ago, um, just one night pretty much started in the evening. I was laying in bed. I, you know, I wasn't even doing anything. And it just really, I mean, the intensity was pretty crazy considering it didn't hurt at all before I was laying there. And then I just moved it a little bit and it started and escalated pretty fast. And then, but by the morning it was feeling better. Um, not all the way better, but it went a lot faster, I guess, than my right um, my right wrist had gone as far as reaching intensity and then going down the right one took days, you know, and this one just took one night, but I still, I know they're still not quite healed just in certain positions and stuff. Um, I don't know. I feel like sometimes my body is just very stubborn (laughs) when one thing goes away, another thing comes up. My shoulder is still doing its thing, um, and my elbows have started to hurt. I don't know what that's about, but so there was no real change from the beanbag releasing we did that day. Our experiment with that? No, I mean, as far as my shoulder goes, you know, no, like the wrist is better than it was then. Um, but yeah, I mean, my shoulder hasn't hasn't really changed um, so far. I mean. I've done just a couple more um, little mini sessions, I guess, just trying, you know, trying to feel um, anything in there. The locations of the the bean bags, yeah. How did that go? Um, I think I'll keep doing it. Um, sometimes I, I don't know, I get distracted, and um, but it does. I feel like it feels good to do it. I can usually, I feel, like I said, I, f- I feel a physical relaxation, I guess. Um, and I think, I don't know, I think I might keep doing that. Even, you know, even if it's not um, obviously helping. Well, good. I hope that obviously do it if it flows. <laughs> you, don't, you know, it's no forcing there. Yeah. But okay, so how can we help you today? If you had to think about what you would love support with today, where you are right now, what comes up for you? Well, um, I would say 
my location, my physical home location, um, has been on my mind quite a bit this last two weeks. Um, you know, I think I'd mentioned to you when I first talked to you that I wasn't, I guess, settled being where I was. I want to be closer to where I grew up and where my family is. And, you know, it, I, I feel like it comes and goes with intensity, but this last two weeks have been, it's just been, I've been, I feel like I've been, you know, like a horse pulling against its harness or like pulling against its bit, trying to get faster um, to get where it wants to go. I, it's like the feeling I've had. It's like, I want to just make this happen. Um, I, I want to find a house and I want to move. And, and I've just been straining, I guess, like emotionally. What have you been straining against? Because is there anything stopping you from doing that? Well, yes. Um, for one, there's very limited options. Um, in, the, in the place I want to live at this moment, there are three houses and that's it for sale in the whole county. Um, and, and also I've got to find a place that my husband wants <laughs> to go to. So that's difficult um, because he's got, you know, his desires and, and he, you know, he'd probably just be happy staying where we are. Um, this is where he grew up and that's why we're here is because, you know, he has got two kids and he had 50-50 custody when we got married. So he had to be here to be in the school district and, you know. Um, but in the time, you know, since, they, they've completely cut off contact with him. And he hasn't seen them or talked to them. And it's been, it'll be a year in a couple months since, you know, we have had them at our house. So... You know, I'm only here for that. Has he made peace with that, or is he hoping that changes with the kids so he doesn't want to leave the area? I don't know. Um, he says he says that he's ready to leave, that he doesn't see them ever wanting to live with him 50-50 again. I mean, one of them is, let's see, Emily, she'll be 13, and the uh, his son is 15. So... You know, they'll probably, actually his son will be 16 in a month. So the chances of them wanting to do 50-50 ever again are very slim. And so he's he says that he, um, I guess, has come to peace with the fact that the best he can hope for is that they'll want to come for weekends again. Um, and they could do that if we moved to the county I want to move. It's, it's not that far um, it's not in the school district, you know, but it's, um, you know, it's like half an hour away um, from here. So it's not like we'd be, you know, in California or something. Um, but, you know, I don't know. I don't know if he's worried that if he moves, they will just add that to their list of these things, apparently, that, you know, the reason behind them shutting off contact um, he's not really sure why, we're not really sure why it happened in the first place. So it's like anything could, you know, we don't know what they would 
I guess, what they would think if he moved. But, I mean, as for me, I just, I just don't want to be here anymore. And how much communication between you two has actually happened about the subject and actually taking action versus you just saying you're unhappy? We talk about it a lot. (laughs) Um, I mean, he knew when we moved here that I would want to go back when his kids were out of school. Like, I would want to go back eventually, if possible. Like, if, you know, whenever his kids were out of school or, you know, if they ever did decide to live with their mom full time. And so since this, you know, development, you know, it's been on my mind a lot. And I, I've, I ask him or I've asked him, you know, what do you think? And I show him houses if one comes up. Um, there's actually a house right now. It's like the first house that maybe he likes. Um, and I'm actually going to go today to get a, like a pre-approval letter to try to see it. Um, but yeah, no, he, he's very well aware <laughs> of how I feel. And, you know, he's talked a little about, about, you know, how he feels. And I've tried to, you know, to tell him that I do understand if he, like you said, if he's not quite made peace with leaving, you know, he says that he has, he just wants, you know, he doesn't want to settle on a house. Um, And that's fair. You wouldn't want to settle on a house either, I'm sure. Yeah. You know, so, and so I understand, you know, but like, I'm just, I guess, like I said, I'm straining against it. There's so many obstacles, I guess, you know, the housing market um, isn't awesome. And, you know, my husband may or may not be ready to move. Um, but I, I guess I feel, I feel stuck. stuck. Yeah. I, I just, you know, we had to. You're in his story, not your own. It's his story, his family, his town, his life. And that's very understandable. Here, let's go through. Is it okay if we go to your inner voice and get some clarity here? Yeah. And release some beanbags on it? Yeah. Because we could talk about it all day long, but it won't get us clarity. Yeah. <laughs> Just be talking about the emotions versus clearing them out of the way so we can see what's clarity is living underneath the emotions, okay? So first, let's just go for the stuff that's at the top, okay? Okay. The easy rubble, (laughs) the top of even going to your inner voice. Where do you feel the emotion right now? You've got one right there. You can hear it in the mic. Where's that one you're feeling in the body? I guess like the top of my chest. Go for it. What's the size? like a cucumber size there you go good job go for it feel into what's the frequency in there sadness stuckness frustration yeah a lot a lot of frustration yeah go into the cucumber (laughs) frustration but stay tuned to the shape good job jennifer instead of the big fat story you could see the energy that was connected to it okay You see by feeling. So feel that shape. Of course you feel this way. There's nothing illogical about this cucumber. (laughs) You've got the scenario. The cucumber is there. Of course this is going to be there, being touched by this situation. So breathe into it. You don't have to hold on to this anymore. Just feel it fully. You're okay. Of course you're frustrated. Of course you feel stuck. It's okay. Feel all of it. Every single cucumber 
juicy drop <laughs> that's in there, go for it. It's okay. You're allowed to feel that way. You don't have to pretend you don't feel that cucumber. Ignoring the cucumber doesn't make the cucumber going away any more than ignoring the elephant in the room makes the elephant go away. Dissolves away. If you need to shake or quake or make a noise, your body knows how to do it. So let your body and your awareness go together now. It's okay. Just like go straight into the emotion. You don't even need the story anymore. Just go straight into the feeling. You've had it for two weeks, probably two years, <laughs> maybe your whole life. It's okay. Have you felt this feeling before? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Of course. Of course. Of course. Everyone can relate to feeling stuck. This is a great universal experience of humanity. The feeling of stuckness. <sighs> How's the cucumber now? Same or different size? I'd say it's smaller. Okay. What, what would you say now? If you're feeling in, I just want you to keep tuning your awareness to the thing, to the shape that it's in, because that means your awareness is going through it. What, what it kind of are you getting now? What are you picking up? Like spaghetti, like a, like a one noodle. Spaghetti. You got, you got courgette? Yeah. <laughs> You yeah. got crochetti. Actually, that's that's a zucchini in <laughs> in England in the UK. But you got the zucchini noodles, or cucumber noodles. It's okay. Go for it. Don't hold back. Keep being stuck. By all means, Jennifer, stay stuck. Go into that spaghetti of stuckness feeling. It's okay. It's just the feeling of stuckness. Okay. It's Trust me. You can move, and you'll still keep the cucumber. You'll just have a different house and a different. Zip yeah. code. No, I'm feeling... So we want to get this out, right? Feeling like it's gone. Okay, now let's think. You're still in the same house. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you still have the same partner. How does the feeling that you're feeling of that reality hitting you now after the cucumber two and a half minutes later? I feel okay. Yeah. <sighs> Now let's go for the rest, okay? Go for the big fat story that's been circulating for really a really long time, not just two weeks, but let's go now. What else, is there anything else right at the top, right at the surface that's ready to come out? Or is that the big one that needed to come out first before we go into your inner voice? So kind of basically go for any resistance before we get to your inner voice. Is it ready to go there willingly or is there still emotional feelings churned up? I feel like there's still like... You know, if I think about it, there's still, you know, just that idea that I can't do what I want. Yeah, that's a big one. I bet you felt that with your first husband as well because yeah. of his, I'm sure, with his type of career and lifestyle that was very controlled even for himself. Yeah. He didn't get to choose what he wanted to do. Okay, so let's go to that feeling. Where is that one in the body? I can't get to, I can't do what I want to do. I'm not in control. My and here's a great thing. Okay, stomach. Now here's, Jennifer, this is ninja level, okay? So this is edgy, all right? But this, can you sense into this feeling? So it's okay, feel that feeling in the belly. Does it also, can you sense any level of victim in it? Yes. Like, yeah, okay, good, Jennifer. Ninja level for the, for the awareness and the mind not to reject that and fight for the victimhood, but to see it as victimhood. 
you are free of victimhood when you can see that that's what that is. Does that make sense? You're not stuck, but you feel stuck. And that story perpetuates a victim mentality and storyline because the feeling has to be proven true. Does that make sense? Okay, now let's go for it. Okay, go for the feeling of feeling like a stuck victim in the belly and feel it all. Don't hold back. Dive into it. Of course you feel that. It's okay. Go for it. Go for it. It's okay. It's okay to feel that way. It's okay to feel like that way. Good job. Take your time with it. This is a big one. This is a huge turning point for anyone going into their own victim story to release it. Oh my goodness. It's okay. It's okay. I'm holding your hand far away, but I'm still holding your hand. It's okay. It's okay. You're allowed to feel this, but stay tuned to the location in your belly. You're very good at this. It's okay. Yeah, feel all of it. Don't hold back on this one. We don't need this one swimming in your vibration anymore. Yeah, of course. Feel this feeling. Of course it feels like a victim. Of course this feeling feels like a victim. You are certainly not the only person that's ever had this. Again, I have this feeling. My inner voice has been talking to me so much about keep going, keep feeling. I'm just kind of talking over you so you have all the time you need. And everyone listening, if you've got one coming up, take your time with it. It's okay. My inner voice has been telling me recently about different experiences that souls choose to have in the human body. And I have a feeling one of them is very, very, very prevalent. It doesn't have to be held on for as long as it is, but I think victimhood is one of those that many, at least historically, humans have experienced and then ultimately will release. So it's okay. It's just an experience. The feeling that you're a victim but my goodness, does this one create a load of chaos for yourself and everyone around you? Not just you, Jennifer, any human on the planet with it. Because the victim needs a victimizer and then needs to become a victimizer of its own victimhood. It's just a cycle. It's okay. It's okay. We can get it out by feeling it and going, that's not me. <laughs> it's just a feeling that I'm feeling. It's a story connected to this feeling. Oh. <sighs> It's okay. It's okay. How's your belly now? How's the shape? I feel like it kind of just rose up. It's kind of in, kind of in my throat just a little bit. Go for it. Okay. What shapes it in your throat? Coming out of your throat? Is it kind of moving yeah. up and out of your body? Like, kind yeah. of like a vomiting sensation. It's okay. It could just be energy. It doesn't have yeah. to be literal food or anything. Just let it out. You don't need that one anymore. That one never serves anyone other than to perpetuate that victim story that you're stuck. You're not stuck. But as Abraham Hicks always says, you're so free you can choose bondage. It's okay. I was just on a walk talking to a friend on the phone, literally on the way to talk to you, Jennifer, and she felt like a victim to her jobs that she's worked in. And I said, look, you are not, you know, abducted in an airport and forced into slavery. You picked every job that you had. You did every job until you decided to quit. There was no forcing on this, but she felt forced by the story and the feelings inside of her. It wasn't true. She just had these feelings of victimhood and control that then aligned to those experiences for her. And she was stuck with them until she realized she didn't need to. And so we just worked on that and released it for herself so that she can actually open up to positive work experiences in the future. (sighs) 
We can look at work on to empowerment. Power, not power to control others, empowered that inside of yourself has the power to choose better. <sighs> choose freely. Choose openly. It's funny. It's it's like it moved to my shoulder. Oh, it's the painful one. Yeah. That makes sense. Imagine this is one of the ones that connected to the job and your previous partner. Yeah. Maybe. Where you felt stuck and trapped when you were pregnant and he was away. I think that's something that came up in earlier sessions. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Feel it there. Feel it where it's at now. It's kind of gone to maybe it's safe, painful place. <laughs> it's safe. Let's just hide in the shoulder. Keep it, but bring that awareness, that intense awareness, not forceful awareness, just a bright awareness. Okay. Brighten that awareness. Just heighten it. That's all you're doing. Wow. That's where it went. How interesting. It's not you, Jennifer. That story is not you. It's not even a true story. It's just a been kind of trapped in that energy and it just feels true as long as that energy is trapped in your system. <sighs> you literally couldn't manifest anything differently or you could have changed this thing, but then something else would have had to match this because this is vibration. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So it's like, how beautiful. Get this out and then you will see clearly and have different potentials available to manifest, to attract, because it won't be manifesting from this vibration. So where is it? What's happening in the shoulder as you're bringing that bright awareness to your shoulder? It's kind of like a spinning, like a tornado. Ooh. Um, you know, kind of from my vortex. shoulder all the way up to my chin, kind of. Okay. Feel it. Stay with it. This is a hotbed area for a lot of stuck energy for you. So let's be with this, okay? Take your time. Does the feeling feel like the pain of the typical shoulder pain or something different in the in the vortex no, in that it's tornado? It, it's not really pain. It's like, not really pain, I guess. It's just like... Like I said, it's moving. You're doing great. Just feel it. Okay, now if you had to give that pain a frequency or a voice, what's it saying or what's it feeling like now up here in the tornado in your shoulder and your chin? Hmm. But bring your awareness to it. You're just watching it as the observer, right? That's all you're doing. You're sensing it there. What's in it when you go into that tornado? Bring your awareness into the tornado. What are you finding? It's like a... Kind of like sparkling, like sparkling, like crackling, like fire or like sparkle water that's beautiful. Kind of like sparks, like from fire. Know, yeah, like a, but kind of twisting, twisting. Be with that. You're doing great. You're doing great. Is it angry or is it frustrated or is it victimy? What's what what's the what's in that spark? Oh, it's almost like it's sparking out like uh not as many and not as many and not as many like something's ah uh, flickering yeah like something's burning up and it's and I... let's get it to the embers so we can't get any more sparks left be with it See it through to completion. Mm. 
No, I don't feel it. Okay. Go for it. Go, go back to that belly again. Okay. Anything left down there where it started off? No, everything's just kind of trembling. Okay. Do you want to shake a little bit? Actually, you just moved a lot of energy. See if you just give your body a big old shake, like just shudder a bit, you know, like let it all just like literally just kind of free form. Doesn't matter. Just get that body shaked out. Breathe, breathe. You're doing great. You're kind of a re acclimatizing, reacclimating to a new energy system because you just released some really heavy ones like ghosts in the machine. You just released some heavy programming, heavy viruses, you could say. So your body's got to now kind of adjust to who am I without all that in me? So let the body kind of equalize again. But some shaking could be good. Just overall global shaking, wherever it wants to move. And then feel your breath into your body. How does it feel as it flows in now? Pretty smooth. Still a little bit of tremble, like a little bit of shakiness. Yeah. Is there any nerves? Is there any nervousness? Like a little bit. Okay. Where's the nerves? Just in my core. Okay, go for that. It's maybe it's a little bit like, oh my God, who am I without that story? It's a little naked, right? Okay, let's go to the nervousness. You know, in a way, that victim story might have been trying to protect the nerves, right? I feel nervous, so I'll pretend to be a victim and then I could be a big drama on that and then play the whole victim victimizer story over and over again. But if I don't have that, who am I? I might be scared. Okay, so where's, what's in the core? Where's the location that that nervous energy is at well now it seems to be gone gone okay are you feeling as nervous now that little fearful Ooh, this is like new naked vulnerable mm. not really okay how is the breath feeling as you breathe down in the belly is it easier to breathe into your belly yeah, it's like smoother. Yeah, your voice drops. If you guys notice as you listen, uh, you can se sense so much about how people's energy and their emotional body is based on the breath moving through their body. So your voice actually, Jennifer, now is coming from that deeper place that you're being able to breathe from. Because before, it was almost like those energy blocks that were just released before, your breath couldn't really go into them. Your mind was resisting them, you know, protecting you from them. Mm. <laughs> it was like, don't go down there. And then we did go down there and we got rid of them. And so now that they're not there, the water is flowing deeper. The breath is going deeper because the rocks that were in the way were released. Okay. So Jennifer, I'm going to say it again, just to reflect on the progress we're making as we do this. Okay. You're still in the same house. <laughs> you still have the same partner. You still have the same zip code. The house you're going to see is still the same situation. You're still in the same scenario. Yeah. <laughs> but how do you feel? Gosh, I'm feeling this little, like a hope feeling. <laughs> oh, hope about what? Just like that I, I do have these choices and just, yeah, like this hope feeling that not even sure, you know, because like you said, I'm in the same spot. But I guess just like this, I'm getting the word like playground. Okay. So this reality and the houses and the zip codes and all that stuff is a playground? Yeah. 
or something different. Yeah, kind of like, you know, all of these um, facets, I guess, are like a playground or what's on the playground. Yeah, and you didn't you before, I would say more or less, kind of, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but did it feel like a prison from a prison to a playground? Yeah. Yeah, I did feel like I was in a prison. That's what the victim story perpetuates, right? The pict- the victim story says, I don't have any choices, or at least none that I like. <laughs> and so I'm a victim to all of these out external factors. That's this interesting thing that consciousness can do in this dualistic experience, okay? So it can feel that way. And as it feels that way, it creates a reality that reflects that to be true. So it feels those inner beanbags, that you just felt. And so the outer world looked true, but it wasn't that that reality was actually a prison for you. Now let's go, Jennifer, back. Let's zoom back. Cause like I said, I don't know if this is the first place, probably wasn't even the first time, but let's go back to that first marriage where you're feeling prisoned and entrapped with your partner on deployment or out in training and you were pregnant and you were at home and you were scared and you were on your own and felt trapped then. How do you look back now from releasing these beanbags? Do you feel like you were actually as trapped as you might have felt back when you first were there or not? I mean, I feel like it was kind of more about my choice to be trapped. I had decided that this was, that I needed to stay in the marriage no matter what, and that, um, that that was my destiny. Um, so I guess, you know, nobody was forcing me to stay or to look at it that way. But that's, you know, I guess prison of your own making type of thing. Exactly. That's what everyone's doing. Isn't that amazing? That everyone's playing a story, usually from mass consciousness or ancestors and family members and stuff like that, usually not self, completely self-derived, right? I bet you learned a lot about commitment and marriage and making it through no matter what and all those kind of things from your inner voice or from something outside of yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's how I was raised. Yeah. Marriage is the most important thing in the world. One of the things about that that's really interesting historically looking at it is that historically for men and women over at least recent history is that women often for many eons of recent times, I say eons, but many hundreds of years, maybe thousands of years truly, didn't have a lot of opportunity the way humanity chose to structure itself. They didn't have ways to make money. So in a way, promoting this like marriage come hell or high water thing really ultimately seems to have in many, many ways really benefited the women and the children, right? So that they had support. What's different now is that you have the ability to create money and abundance for yourself as well, because you have access to education and to employment, and you're not in an environment where everyone's you know, making that a rather impossible type of scenario to imagine. Right now, there's a lot of women that are abundant in worldwide careers or whatever. So that whole pattern of having to protect the women and children isn't necessarily untrue still, but it's not as true as it once was. We can at least say that it's less of a universal standard than historically speaking it was. But the pattern and the belief systems coming from that older place, 
Yeah. And, you know, they're so wrapped around, you know, I was raised, you know, Christian, like kind of very like not fundamentalist, but pretty conservative. And, you know, it's so wrapped up into, you know, marriage is a spiritual thing. And once you're married, you know, it just seems like if you broke that marriage, you were like almost cursing yourself. You know, I, I believed that I would be hurt, you're not hurting, but, you know, God would be very upset with me and I would be tearing part of myself apart. Okay. Let's send that down. Let's send that question down. Is inner voice? Is that true? Would I have tore myself apart? No, no. Why not inner voice? Why is that not true? They told me it was true. They said it had something to do with the Bible. I'm guessing because you mentioned the Christian thing. What's impossible in her voice? It is impossible to tear yourself apart. How come? Why is that impossible in her voice? This is bigger than your mind. So exhale on that, okay? So you're going to have to really go beyond your mind. Don't wizard it, okay? Mm. Don't pretend you know. Literally just open your mind. Inner voice, why is it impossible to tear myself apart? Answer and listen for one word. Inner voice, why? Exhale. (sighs) Inner voice, why is that impossible to tear oneself apart? Not solid. What's not solid, inner voice? Yourself. Yeah, inner voice. If she slaps her shoulder, she can tell you that feels pretty solid and painful. What do you mean that's not solid inner voice, that shoulder? That body she's she's wearing. Your essence is not solid. Okay. Does your mind actually believe that or not, Jennifer? Curious. I guess I've never thought about it before. Okay, so that was news to you. <laughs> In the mind, I was like, oh, that was an update, basically. That wasn't just a confirmed belief that you already found in your mind. Yeah, I mean, I guess I never, you know, like I said, I'd be tearing myself apart. And that's kind of what I was taught, like seeing the soul as like a piece of fabric. Okay, inner voice, show her what the soul is. Is it fabric, inner voice? Is it like fabric or not, inner voice? Unlike... Unlike inner voice, show her what it is more like. Show her a more accurate metaphor, a visual that makes more sense to what it's really more like than fabric. Seeing like, it's hard to describe, like, like, like glittering, moving. There's no shape to it. Yeah. Good job, Jennifer. You're getting, (laughs) you're really receiving there. That's very, very, very good. Good, 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 good. That's something your mind's never considered, right? That's more what you're like. You are awareness and that's communicating it through this like empty movement. (laughs) Maybe it's showing. Yeah. Yeah. That's you. That's you. More so than fabric or your body or your zip code or being a wife or being a mom. Yeah. That Glitter movement is having an experience or watching a TV show, you could maybe say, or a dream, as the older texts say, or an illusion of Jennifer with the house. And But it's a playground for Jennifer, the character it's playing, not a prison for the glitter. Yeah. Okay, so now, Jennifer, can you see that if you're really just this glittery movement, that you never could be a victim? 
that glitter, could it ever be a victim? No. <laughs> no, right? Because what would it do? What if, if something came at it, if a tiger started running at it, what would the glittery movement do? It seems like it would just go through it. Yeah. <laughs> so then, okay, okay, now imagine the glittery movement looking at houses in your zip code and the other one. What does it see? When you look from glittery movement perspective, what do you see about where you live or, or want to live? Like canvases. Okay. For painting. Okay. Does it feel like there's like a rare scarcity of the number of paintings you could ever make in the other zip code for the glitter? It's like, I guess it's not, yeah, it's not thinking about numbers. No, it doesn't even care. It's like, uh, choose a canvas. Yeah. What does the glitter see when it looks back at your marriage in the first marriage? What does the glitter see when it looks at all the stories you told yourself about the marriage? It's like it's, I guess I'm just like seeing it and it's like it's twisting around. It's like those things that, uh, that I believed and those obstacles and like they're rods that come down and then like the glitter is like just twisting itself around and just continues to move like it was there the whole time just around me the rods were around you the glitter was around you like the glitter like yeah you know I had all these problems and these worries and this like just deep struggle I guess and it's like the glitter was there and it just, every struggle, every problem just flows around. Like it's still on its way. Yeah. And her voice, is that true? Was she still on her way even when she was stuck with those rods? Indeed. Yeah. And her voice, show her the rods that are still present for the move right now. Let's go back to present day. Let's look at any, see if your inner voice can show you any of the remaining rods that are still trapping that glitter from moving totally freely. Expectations of marriage. Mm-hmm. What's still a rod on that? You know you're not going to get torn apart like fabric, so we know we've moved past that rod of marriage, but what's still present about marriage that feels like a rod? That your inner voice is showing you. Mm, I guess a belief is coming up that okay. I, I'm not made for it. Okay, the belief I'm not made for marriage. Where's Is there a feeling connected to that story? I'm not made for marriage. Do you feel anything in the body that feels heavy with that thought? Or does it feel light and clear? feel heavy or triumphant it's like around my hips I guess okay go for it what's around there I'm not made for marriage what's the frequency in that feeling heavy heavy something wrong with me yes yeah go for that it's okay we don't need that rod anymore in those hips go for that rod Whether you have a marriage or not is irrelevant to the feeling that I'm not made for marriage. So go for that feeling because you don't need to have that. Whether you're in a marriage or not, you don't need that feeling. It feels like a really heavy weight. 
it's pulling me yeah down. it's okay it's okay feel the heaviness go as heavy as it wants to take you by feeling into the hips that go into that location 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 Feel the heaviness of that weight going as low and heavy as it wants, but stay tuned to the shape that it's in. Transmuted. How's it feeling in those weights? It just kind of feels like it's bringing down my upper body. It's okay. Go into the shape. Go into the feeling in the shape. You're safe. You're feeling the shape. It is not who you are. It's not even true. It's just a shape of a feeling. It's like you're just looking at a rock. The rock's not right. The rock's not wrong. It's not true. It's not untrue. It's just a rock. It's just the feeling of weight that connects to the story that I'm not made for marriage. If you think about it, glitter, is it made for marriage? It's anything. It's anything, exactly. It's not specifically made or not made for any single experience. It's just having experiences. Experiences of being a victim. Experiences of being a victimizer. Experience of freedom from both (laughs) and all the energy feeding. Experience of marriage. Experience of not marriage. Experience of being a horse, experience of being a human, experience of being dead, experience of being born, just experience of glitter, playing different roles. Experience of being a wife, experience of being a divorcee, experience of being a fiance, experience of being single, experience of being a baby, experience of being elderly, experience of being beautiful, experience of feeling hideous. It's experiences. It's gone. Okay. All right. Now let's say the story. I'm not made for marriage. How's that land now? It's okay. It's okay. Is it okay not to be made for marriage specifically? I guess it's like it doesn't matter. Yeah. How does that feel to just at least neutralize it? That's better. Right? It's so much better to be neutral to that. Say, I don't know if I'm made for marriage. I'm not made for marriage with the wrong person. That wouldn't be fun. Yeah. <laughs> right? Being made for a thing versus being with the right person. Are you crazy? Yeah. Not you, I'm saying. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a crazy belief to say you're made for marriage versus you actually found someone you want to share your practical life with for a very, very long time. That's only dependent if you find someone that you actually feel enjoyably doing that with. Yeah. Otherwise, people are playing victims to choices like you mentioned you did when you were young. Out of innocence, you know, you weren't doing it deliberately to torture yourself. It's innocence that did it. But wisdom comes through it and frees yourself from the limiting belief that it was ever true. That fabric could be torn or that the soul was more like fabric than glitter in movement. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, no, I, I've had a lot of rules. Yeah. Inner voice, what do you see about the rules that she's had? Hmm. 
Are any other roles that she's holding on to true in her voice? <sighs> Breathe out. Sometimes. Okay, inner voice, which ones were true? Now open up. Don't think about which ones you still like. Go into inner voice. Inner voice, which ones were true? They change. They change. Oh, which ones are true change, inner voice? Mm-hmm. Okay, wait a minute, inner voice. You got me confused because you the idea in a human mind is that rules <laughs> are not meant to be broken. So how can the rules change, inner voice? Good job. Good job. Now you're going beyond your mind. Your mind can't answer this stuff wisely. So don't try. Just listen. You're doing great. Every season. Every season has different rules in her voice or some of them are true. Indeed. Okay. So what does that mean? Say more to Jennifer to help her understand which rules were true for which seasons of her life or when, when, how does she know when they change? When the rules change, the right ones change. It is apparent. Okay. How is it apparent in her voice? Because does the mind right now of Jennifer know which ones are apparently changing? No. No, exactly. Okay. So I'm, I'm supporting your mind here, right? Okay. Inner voice. I'm playing, I always say with IVFT, you play like the lawyer, <laughs> like the matlock for the mind. You're like, okay, I don't understand this inner voice. So how, help the mind inner voice. How should, she, how is it apparent when the rules for the new season change? Or for that season change? When they are oppressive. When they're oppressive. Okay. And when are they right in her voice? When are the rules right? When they are what? Supportive. Okay. So when the rules support the person, it's a time to act on them. And when the rules feel oppressive, it's time to not act on them? Indeed. Oh my goodness, inner voice. Have you ever read the Bible and the Ten Commandments? They do not pitch it that way. We were not given that asterisk at the end of the tablet that said only do them when they're supportive and not when they're restrictive. We like people like strength. And Say that again. We like people like strength. Uh, people like strength. They want something to hold on to. Yeah. Why do they want some? This is brilliant. This is very deep, Jennifer. This is universal. Inner voice. Why do humans want something to hold on to? Why do they want those rules to be true 100% of the time? No changes or variations. Why do they cling to that so desperately, inner voice? Without, without that hold, they feel like they'll fall to unknown yeah why do the minds hate the unknown so much now go big exhale on this okay this is classic this is something every ivft facilitator with enough time will will find out and suss out with all their clients the, the minds hate the unknown inner voice why do the minds fear the unknown so much exhale it is blackness and dark they can't see and that's so important to them to see. In her voice, is it important for the glitter to see what's coming next in that unknown? No. Why not in her voice? I feel. And what do they feel? 
in the unknown inner voice. What does the glitter feel in the unknown? Possibility. <sighs> well, so we've got blackness and fear of emptiness <laughs> from the mind, and we have the feeling of glittery possibility in the inner voice. This is a classic eternal, almost, I almost would say, dare say pre-enlightenment universal <laughs> quandary. Every client I've ever worked with, Jennifer, they all get to the same place. Whether they, you know, touch it into an, a classic session of inner voice work or not, this is eternally up to this point of human consciousness. This is not just you, Jennifer. This is the minds versus their inner voices of the same entity. Except for when the minds don't have trauma. I'll give an asterisk to this. So when the mind doesn't have trauma in a certain area of life, it's not worrying. It is seeing possibility and it is trusting. So Jennifer, where in your life are you most relaxed and carefree? <laughs> Eating, exercise, um, parents and family, uh, work or money, world events? Yeah, I think... Um... I mean, as far as like, like eating has been fairly carefree for, for years. Um, every once in a while I'll, you know, wonder if I'm doing the right thing. Um, I mean, family, man, that's so easy. Yeah. So you're pretty trusting and carefree and there's open to possibility. You're not afraid of the unknown of what's going to happen yeah. next with the family. Yeah. So this isn't an all or nothing for every human. Okay. So like different people have different trust. And what I'm saying by the word trust, I say the trust typically will be a experience of either a lack of beanbags in that area of life or a clearing out of those beanbags in that area of life mm. from before. And so once that junk is cleared out, there's trust. Or if there never was much junk on that area to begin with, pretty clear. The areas that have a lot of beanbags are where the mind is most afraid of the unknown because of that on empty blackness and wanting to protect or project those beanbags really protect you from feeling even the beanbags. Like what if the unknown makes me feel that feeling again? Better yeah. feel afraid, you know? Yeah. So if you think about marriage now, Jennifer, after all of that, do you feel like it even matters if you're made for it or not? Or how does that even that story of I'm not made for marriage, does that even feel relevant as a thought? Not really. Right now, it just kind of feels blank. Right now, just like, yes or no could change or not yeah from what your inner voice said just now it would seem to stitch these together what your inner voice said that rules like I'm not made for marriage or I need to see it through only are true in this season they're in if they feel supportive and if they feel oppressive they're no longer true so for marriage it's not about whether you're made for marriage permanently or not at all like you're not permanently made for marriage. You're not not permanently. You're permanently made for supportive marriage, Jennifer. Yeah. <laughs> and you're permanently not made for oppressive marriage. Yeah, and that kind of checks out because like I've done inner voice, like my on my own inner voice sessions about um, 
I mean, about my current marriage. I never did, of course, my other one. But, you know, and and I get that a lot. Like, this is supporting you. Um, this is this is supporting you right now, you know. And I've got, like, I think I've got all these beanbags around it and around my expectations and all that stuff. And it, and it makes things difficult for me, you know. But whenever I have asked, <laughs> you know, is this something to, like, drop? Is this something to continue? You know, it's it always, it says to continue. And when I ask why, it will say supportive. You know, like, you're supported. Um, but I don't always, I guess my mind doesn't always feel that way. Or I don't know. Like, I don't, I always come back. It seems like to the same thing but you know I was thinking yesterday um you know thinking about these beanbag sessions and I've always my you know growing up and into my like early adulthood and I always looked at myself as very adaptive you know um bad things could happen but I seemed to be resilient and it didn't get me down for long you know even that crazy year where I had my son, my husband cheated on me and, you know, my father died and, you know, all happened in like two months. And, and I felt like I bounced back real fast, you know, and I was really proud of that. But gosh, like I'm seeing now, I was just shelving all that stuff. Um, I don't want to feel bad. I don't like feeling bad. I don't like feeling sad. So I just thought of other stuff. And if I started to feel sad, like about my dad, for instance, I would think of all the nice things about him and try to make myself feel better that way. And I felt like I was really doing it well. Um, but it's like, by doing that, it just seems like maybe all I did was just like package up these bean bags and place them in different places all over my body. I don't know. Yeah. And what if you did, Jennifer? And what if you did? And what if you loved yourself enough to give yourself the time to bounce back when you needed to with a little baby and a completely new horizon in front of you without two male figures that were very important to you just beforehand, no longer in your life? What if you did bounce back right away? And what if you didn't process your beanbags? And what if that was perfect for that time in your life and that it did everything you needed for your son for those first early years? And now you're at a place in your life where you're able to help the younger you unpack what she didn't have the space to do at that point in time. Gosh. Yeah. Gosh, that... What if you loved yourself that much? What if your glitter loved that younger you so much and said, don't worry, my child, I will do this later. We have no rush. We don't have to do this right now. We can enjoy, the make the best of this season and get through it. It doesn't mean the load's not there. It just means we'll do it later when you're safe and ready to release it. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah that... Isn't that amazing? You didn't do it wrong. <sighs> you didn't do it wrong, Jennifer. When you were little in the very first session we did, when your little girl said, I'm going to be a good girl for mommy so that she can take care of the other ones, you didn't do it wrong. God, I mean, that's like mind blowing to me. You never did it wrong, Jennifer. You never did it wrong. You always were kind and compassionate. That glitter is not in a rush. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's... 
It literally has all the time in the world because <laughs> it has no time. Ask your inner voice. Does the glitter ever die, inner voice? No. no. So it doesn't care when it does it, Jennifer. Doing it one second after it first happens or 200,000 years later, inner voice, is there any difference to the inner voice glitter about that releasing? No. No. So you waited till you were ready. It wasn't trying to torture you. Oh, yeah. Which means, Jennifer, and I know this, you might feel like you're falling apart every two weeks on the show. <laughs> but, but really, what you're doing is, I want to say the word healing too strongly, right? You're just releasing all this old stuff. And you are certainly not the only human walking around with a lot of compassionate stuff on hold. <laughs> you know, like with stuff to release later. And many people are now. Yeah, no, it's, it does It does feel like that's all we do every time, you know. That's what Danielle's doing, too, if you listen to her sessions. Yeah. You're both doing the same thing. That's the whole point, Jennifer. If we didn't release, you wouldn't change. Yeah. You'd keep manifesting at the same place. You'd still be stuck about the same things. You'd still be strong about the same things. But nothing really fundamental would change. Yeah. The beauty of life is that the stuckness isn't actually stuck. That's the beauty of life. That's what I named the show for, is that it is not, I have a lot of compassion for this reality. I've been here a very long time, according to my inner voice. Like I have so much compassion for and having personally in this lifetime alone lived through so many years and decades at this point of emotional turmoil and releasing and having moved through it all myself and all these different areas too, right along with you. I know that you're not stuck. I know no one's actually stuck if they have the ability of awareness to know how to release. Yeah. That's the beauty. But you have to be ready enough for that releasing or it's not time yet. And that's okay. No, that's, I feel like that's very, I guess, important for me. You know, that idea, like you said, you know, that I was you know, picturing, of course, this glitter uh, thing and how it just doesn't, it doesn't need to have things done in a certain order. No. Yeah. Ask your inner voice. Inner voice. Do you experience things in a certain time frame like on a linear time frame no yeah yeah ask this this is edgy so just listen inner voice can there be multiple lives and some of them happen in the future before this one but this one be a later life than the future timeline like let's say 2300 a.d could someone have a life in 2300 AD and then after that life have a life in the 1900s? Inner voice. I am everywhere. Yeah. So does it even matter? The timeline, time frame. I am where I want to be. Yeah. You don't have to be beholden by the, the ruler of time, inner voice. I am where I want to be. There you go. Beautiful job, Jennifer. It's not uh, a problem. The beauty of this life is that actually, even with all of these deep and heavy and traumatic experiences of suffering, of victimhood, and all of these things, ultimately, eventually get released. 
But most of our humans haven't released much yet. So it doesn't seem like it's possible, but it's changing. Where my inner voice, I asked my inner voice once, why did you pick this timeline, time frame? You know, why 2020, 2023? You know, why be alive now? It said you wanted to be here in the springtime. Mm. And I took that as the consciousness springtime. You wanted to be here and watch the flowers bloom. Mm. It has been a winter for a really long time in humanity. Not a lot of mass consciousness, awareness, or wisdom yet experience, but it's starting. The weather's getting warmer. Here in London, the weather, slowly, is <laughs> getting warmer. It's getting, I see the flowers out. I know there's spring around the corner, mm. not only just at this time frame of this year, but in humanity. We're learning that we can clean up the mess and that ultimately there never has to be a permanent mess because once it's released, it doesn't feel the same anymore. Yeah, it does feel that way right? For me. And it's an individual experience. The collective is very, very not ready for that realization as a whole entity, the mass consciousness, but individual by individual, they'll start to see it. And as individuals see it in their own personal lives, that understanding within the individual will become the universal. And eventually even the mass belief will change. But it starts by individual by individual. The water in the pot doesn't boil because every single molecule gets to the same temperature simultaneously. Each one starts. Or if you watch popcorn, have you ever I love making popcorn. Mm -hmm. And I one time my inner voice had me watch the popcorn from start to finish. So I sat there and I stared at the pot like it wanted me to. And it showed, it had the oil and I watched the oil melt. I used coconut oil and then that melted. And then the, the little kernels, like I just watched them and they just eventually a few of them started to shake first more than the others. And then eventually more of them shook and vibrated. And then eventually some of the big shakers started to pop. And then eventually a lot of them popped. And then eventually all of them popped over time. But they didn't, there was, you know, a tipping point over time that they all got hot. But in the beginning, it wasn't all of them at once. It was mm -hmm. one by one. And then it kind of the wave of all of them shifted. So you're still in the early wave, but this is the beauty of life. We are not stuck. It is not permanent. It is not a prison. It's ultimately a playground. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so Jennifer, we're not going to answer any questions of where you're going to live today. We're not going to answer any questions of what to do with your marriage today. But we have looked at a few things mm -hmm. and released a lot of stuff. So we've looked at, you know, it's only true if it's supportive of you now, those rules. Yeah. And if they're oppressive, they're no longer accurate. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have to reshape myself to fit them. No. Glitter doesn't have to have rods. But even with rods, the glitter still moves like you saw. Mm -hmm. So you're doing wonderful, Jennifer. And just know all of the beauty that you're giving your younger self now by feeling and releasing what she wasn't able to then. Yeah. Yeah, so I, keep I want releasing. to really help her, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So Jennifer, you're not homework, but your invitation for the uh -huh. next two weeks, as always, release the beanbags as they come, inner voice as you have questions. Mm -hmm. Same same answer every single day. Yeah. <laughs> release what shows up when you can catch it in awareness and 
ask inner voice for clarity, but obviously it's usually easier to hear the answers clearly when the presenting beanbags are out of the way. So yeah. feeling first often is helpful to getting more out of your inner voice than going first the inner voice with beanbags still blocking the path. Yeah, I'm definitely seeing that. Yeah, you're doing great, Jennifer. You're really going into some, obviously, we've covered a lot of topics and maybe the shoulder and chronic pain's not obliterated immediately. No surprise, but you know, we, we gave it a shot and you know mm -hmm. that it at least feels good. And your son's energy seems to have really shifted. Mm -hmm. And now we're looking at bigger issues, which you knew were always bigger players in your reality from the beginning of our work together. Now we're just actually ready to look at them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you're doing great. <laughs> I love that. Okay, until next time, may something wonderful happen to you today.